0: She's Tori.
1: And he's Nick.
0: And this is I Want to Rewatch
1: NX Files Podcast, Season 3,
0: Episode 19
1: Hell Money. In this episode, Mulder and Scully are called in after the third murder of a man in a cremation chamber. There's a Chinese symbol written on the top of the chamber that means ghost and a scrap of hell money found in the chamber, which local detective Glenn Chow tells them is part of the festival of hungry ghosts. Are unhappy ghosts committing these gruesome murders or is something else going on? (gasps)
0: Ghosts.
1: Ghosts.
0: Have we had ghosts since Howard Graves?
1: I don't think so. We've
0: had some possessions and stuff, but I don't know that we've had ghosts. Hmm. Kalashari was it? Well, I guess it was Kalashari ghost? Maybe I guess that's ghost. It,
1: it could kind of be a ghost. Yeah, I guess yeah. it was the ghost of okay. the the twin.
0: Yeah, that could be Ghost. but I think other uh, the other stuff in the
1: list, kind of maybe. I don't know. That was also transmigration of the soul. I'm not. Yeah,
0: that was. Yeah, I mean, although, yeah, because he does appear though. So is yeah, a so he's kind
1: of a ghost. I mm, don't know. Yeah,
0: he kind of is. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Just Trying to get Howard <laughs> Gray some love. So I feel like I feel like we've, we've left Howard Grace behind, and we need yeah we need to not forget Howard. Maybe
1: Grace. he traveled to San Francisco and is now reaching maybe, maybe
0: maybe maybe lauren kike has moved from where did she go omaha or something yeah
1: maybe she gave up and moved to california
0: yeah i mean things weren't looking good with that new lady she was working for so Mm -hmm. yeah
1: this episode is a monster of the week episode and originally aired on friday march 29th 1996 it was filmed in british columbia canada and written by jeffrey vlaming and directed by tucker gates this is Vlaming's second and final episode as a writer for The X-Files. The first was Too Shy. And this is Gates' first episode as a director for The X-Files. And he will direct one more episode in season four.
0: Okay. Two for twos.
1: Yeah, two, two people. Two one fers. outgoing,
0: one incoming. Tucker Gates is just a f- kind of fun name. Tucker Gates.
1: Oh. <laughs> it's a good name for sure. For like a director. Like Tucker Gates on set. On Friday, March 15th, they aired a repeat of Irresistible. Sure, I was thrilled as a child. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> and then on Friday, March 22nd, they aired a repeat of Firewalker.
0: John McClane in a Volcano, which mm-hmm. having recently rewatched Die Hard, I'm kind of thinking that maybe I need to boost Firewalker's rating because I, I rewatched Die Hard and I was like, oh, this is boring. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So we are in Chinatown in San Francisco. Yay. We've been here before on our Patreon. Anyway, there are people manipulating a large dragon for a Chinese New Year parade. And people are in the streets and they're carrying sparklers. And then we see a man who will learn as Johnny Lowe. And he looks worried. And he is hurrying along through the crowd, passing food stalls and ducking into an alley. And then the sound of, it could be gunfire, shout out, and like he covers his ears, but it's actually just fireworks. And then he runs down another alley. It's even darker. And then up some stairs to his apartment. And the door of his apartment has Chinese characters freshly painted on the door in white. And he knows it's freshly painted because he touches it and it's kind of wet. We will learn what those Chinese characters say later. So we're not going to go into it now. And so he opens the door and goes in. Inside it is dark and the windows are covered in newspaper. So someone inside shines a flashlight on Lo's face and there's men and they're speaking in Chinese, but there are no subtitles given. And then the man with the flashlight does sound threatening and he gets closer. And then if we look at the transcript for the episode, because we have no subtitles, it does say you knew the rules. Now you pay the price. And then Lo replies that he wants out and the man tells him, you start, you finish. And again, this is all in Chinese. We're just looking at the transcript. So I'm assuming that is correct. Because again, we don't have subtitles. And the man with the flashlight pulls out a switchblade. And then Lo like lashes out attacking the man with the switchblade. And the man falls back. And we see that his shirt is bloody. And then Low turns. And then behind him, there are men in white masks. Painted with red. It's like Chinese masks behind him. And then we're at Bayside Funeral Home. And a security guard is sitting on a bench near a coffin display, and he's playing a digital blackjack game. And then he hears something, and so he stands, and he gets up, and he goes down the hall, and he heads towards a door at the end of the hall, and he pulls out his flashlight. And he opens the door and asks, is somebody in here? And his flashlight illuminates the men in mass from the previous scene, but then, boom, they're gone. And then he notices the crematorium light is on, and he hears banging inside, and so he gets closer, and he looks inside because apparently the crematorium has a people. And he looks inside, and we see that Low is in there banging and screaming as flames engulf him. Huh. And then it's the theme song.
1: Yeah, I... Nope. Mm, nope, 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 nope. This yeah, is... I was just thinking
0: about the scene in Scrooge. was like,
1: Jimmy, don't let him burn me! Jimmy, Jimmy, Bob! So, <laughs> yeah. No, I like... So, like Mulder, who we learned had a thing about fire, at least temporarily for one episode. <laughs> um, possibly <laughs> continuing. I don't know if that'll ever come back, but I'm pretty freaked out by fire and the idea of like being trapped in a chamber like that when it's like on and those, those things burn crazy hot too like they're they're set to turn human to ash right so they're very very hot like I there are a lot of episodes of the show that like I won't have a, much memory of but when I start to watch it I'm kind of like oh yeah, okay. I kind of vaguely remember this. I have zero memory of this. I don't, I think I blocked it out completely because I think it's no, such a nightmare fuel for me that I just like
0: memory. I'm I need bald. to take you to a hypnotherapist and pull <laughs> oh, all your memories out.
1: <laughs> I don't want them to steal my memories. Yeah. So I have zero memory of this episode, and I'm pretty sure I just straight up blocked it out and refused to watch any repeats because like I just move. Oh God, this is nightmare fuel for me. So terrifying, okay. absolutely terrifying. Okay.
0: There is one thing in this scene, I guess, in these two scenes that bothered me a little bit. I did some research and I think I'm still correct, although there is some ambiguity and I am not an expert. So the first thing I thought of when I saw the men in the masks was that those were Kabuki masks. Mm
1: -hmm. And I know
0: we're supposed to be in Chinatown and Kabuki is Japanese theater. Yes. And I was like, oh man, X Files, what are you doing? Like you're just merging like all Asian stuff together. So I did some research because I know that there's a lot of overlap with Japanese and Chinese culture, right? I mean, they basically they use the same characters for their language for the most part.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I looked it up. From what I can tell, those technically are kabuki masks. Kabuki masks tend to be more simplified, and these are various just the white like porcelain with like the, the red the Chinese masks usually are more intricate. So okay. there, there's, there are some, there. I mean, and there's different types of masks for both cultures, depending on what the characters are doing in the theater and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But these immediately, because I am slightly, especially like when I was younger into like, you know, anime, Japanese ninjas, all that kind of stuff, right? And all that kind of stuff, watched all the old, like, you know, Kurosawa movies, all that kind of stuff. So... They immediately were like jumped out at me as like, boom, those are kabuki masks. But again, I know there's also a lot of overlap with that. And so I did the looking on the internet and comparing. And it looks like those are technically kabuki masks. But again, I could be wrong. Like I said, the some of the styles are very close to each other, but all the ones I could find that were Chinese that were like that style were way more intricate and had a lot more line work in them. Whereas the kabuki masks were basically a dead ringer for. These masks. So, mm-hmm. and there is going to be a little bit of that coming up later in the episode, too, of where there's some overlap between Chinese and Japanese. And I know we're going to. I know Tori's going to talk a little bit about that, too. Yeah,
1: well, and one of the guys um, playing a Chinese guy is Japanese. Is Japanese, so. yeah.
0: So, yes, and <laughs> yeah. that's why I was kind of like, oh, okay. Which, yeah. I mean, at so, the
1: time, I'm pretty sure if you're an actor and you're Asian-American and you're offered a role, you're not going to say... Like, I mean, if it's a paying job and you want to take it, there's no reason yeah, know, not to if they're again, offering it to you. We've but it's, talked
0: many it's, times about I was like, It's like white people writing it, right? And, what, and for yeah. the most part, probably white people watching, so they're not going to know.
1: Exactly. Um, no one's going to know yeah. the difference and no one yeah. cares. Yeah.
0: Although, I mean... Even when I first saw that guy, I was like,
1: "He's not Chinese."
0: Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, so
1: yeah. Anyway, (laughs) Anyway, the X Files has never had a perfect record on race. This episode is not going to fix their score. Let's just put it that way.
0: They're not as egregious. I mentioned that we've been in Chinatown before for our Patreon. It's not as egregious as the 1970 Scooby Doo episode.
1: True. Yeah.
0: So yeah. Yeah. None of that. Mulder does not pull off some racist ass facial stuff so that's no funny.
1: thank goodness <laughs> thank goodness so then we're at the funeral home and Mulder and scully are standing over lowe's charred body with lieutenant neary and scully's like what a way to go because it is pretty awful and she asked neary if he's seen this mo before of men being cremated alive oh, oh you guys Ooh. nightmare fuel so Neri says this is the third time this year, and Mulder actually corrects that it's the 11th time there were three deaths like this in Seattle, three in Los Angeles, two in Boston, and they were all Chinese men between the ages of 20 and 40, all recent immigrants. And Neri says they weren't able to determine much about the other two victims until recently due to how badly burned the bodies were. And then he's like, we got lucky with this one. <laughs> and Mulder points out that lucky is kind of a weird way to put it, which I kind of agree.
0: Especially with what we're going to learn later in the episode. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So Scully pulls down Lowe's eyelid and touches his eyeball with the metal tool. And Mulder opens the door to the cremation chamber and asks Neary if they have any leads. And Neary says they've had a big influx of immigrants from Hong Kong trying to get out before 1997. And they've seen some increased gang activity from the Chinese community. But so far, they can't tie these deaths to anyone or anything. And Mulder notices there's a white painted symbol in the chamber, and he asks if they have anyone who can read or speak Chinese. And Neary says, yeah, Detective Glenn Chow, he's right over there. So Chow comes over and Neary introduces him to Mulder, and Mulder asks if he can read the symbol written on the ceiling of the chamber. So Chow looks at it and he says it says guai. It means ghost. And Mulder notes that it's a strange thing for a man being burned alive to write. I don't know why Mulder assumes the man in the chamber wrote it, but okay. Yeah. He also finds a scrap of something in the chamber and he says it looks like foreign currency and child tells him it's something called hell money. It's used as an offering during the festival of hungry ghosts. It's not worth anything though. It's just a symbolic offering to evil spirits and ghosts for good luck. And Mulder asks where he could get hell money and Chow tells them there aren't a lot of places in Chinatown that sell it. And Mulder's like, well, that's good. Maybe we just found a way to identify the body.
0: It seems weird that there wouldn't be a lot of places that sell it when it's part of the big festival they're doing. It would seem like everyone would sell it.
1: Right. Because it's just like paper fake money. So you can yeah, make a like lot of money, money on that. Money, right? yeah, like yeah. Symbolic
0: like, stuff. So it seems weird that like only a few places do it. That seemed weird to me. But
1: yeah, because yeah. like you would think every shop in Chinatown would just have like a box of it at their Registered. Yeah, it's like we only mean, a few places to like,
0: sell Christmas decorations. Yeah. <laughs> good luck finding some. So, yeah. It just, but I
1: <laughs> guess it's good for them. Detective Glenn Chow is played by B.D. Wong. He's best known to me anyway as Dr. Henry Wu from Jurassic Park. He is one of the scientists in the original movie, the one who, you know, is in the room with the dinosaur eggs and stuff, telling them about how the DNA and dinosaur making worked. He's also in a lot of the newer dinosaur movies. Blood. <laughs> yeah he, he's not the dna guy he's the actual scientist <laughs> in the room. he's also in like a lot of the newer movies he's come back for those he's in the ride he's in video games he's in lego jurassic park so basically every incarnation of yeah. jurassic park he's henry Wu. he's also had recurring roles on all american girl law and order svu gotham and mr robot
0: yeah i mainly remember him from the movie "Father of the Bride" because he plays Martin Short's wedding planner assistant. Okay. Who unfortunately is named Howard Weinstein. Oh no. Yeah, I but,
1: haven't yeah. seen that movie in a long time. But no,
0: but that's what I remember from because I was like, "Oh my god, I know this guy!" And like, I could I, It took me a minute. I had to go through his IMDb to find the character. But like, I I remembered the character. I just couldn't remember what it was from. And when I saw Father Brown, I'm like, boom, it's Father of the Bride. Oh, okay. And so, yeah. See,
1: I did the same thing, but I was like, oh, he's the Jurassic Park scientist. I guy. don't
0: remember him from Jurassic Park. That's the thing. I was like, what? But then again, I also forgot that Samuel L. Jackson was in Jurassic Park.
1: Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of just people in that movie that you don't really think about because they're not one of the main people. Yeah. Who are, like running around from dinosaurs. Neary is played by Doug Abrams, who's been in three previous episodes of The X-Files. He played Paul in Die Hand, Die He was
0: the one with the shotgun.
1: Yeah. He also appeared in Genderbender and The Pilot. I'm not exactly sure as who. He'll be in one more episode of The X-Files and two episodes of Millennium. And he's also oh. been on Psych, Once Upon a Time, Stargate SG-1, and Supernatural, among others. So
0: Working that Vancouver circuit. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Mulder and Scully pull up to an apartment building, and Scully tells Mulder the victim's name is Johnny Lowe. And he moved from Canton six months ago and was still in his INS application process. That's immigration. INS mm-hmm. technically doesn't exist anymore. Right. He worked as a dishwasher in Chinatown. Mulder asks how many dishes you have to break before your boss tosses you in an oven. And Scully says it's pretty clear this is some kind of horrific cult or gang retribution killing. So she's not having Mulder's jokiness, apparently. She's just all serious. And Mulder wonders why he'd write ghost on the ceiling. So, again, Mulder is still assuming that he wrote it, which seems weird. I mean, I guess, like, maybe, like, as a message, like. I have no other way to tell you who killed me, so I'm gonna write. I don't know. But anyway, it does seem weird. Like that would be not on the top of my list to do. No, it
1: wouldn't be my assumption either. So, yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Mulder also wonders about those figures the guard reported seeing who seemed to vanish without a trace. Yeah, that would be a bigger thing, I think. I saw people in masks (laughs) before. That would be a bigger thing. Yeah, who put them in there, maybe? Yeah. Scully asks if they're chasing ghosts now, and Mulder says, Who are you gonna call?
1: Gotta kind of um, love the Ghostbusters reference. That's right. It's pretty obligatory. Yeah. yeah,
0: very little interest in the, like, mysteriously masked figures who <laughs> apparently put him in the oven. No, More you got to like, chase like, down that cool.
1: symbol. That symbol yeah. is everything, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So they get upstairs to the door of Blows' unit, and Chow has apparently been inside, and he comes out and tells them that he spoke to the neighbors, but no one saw anything. And Mulder asks what the symbols painted on the door mean, but Chow says he doesn't know, saying it could be idiomatic some kind of code and Mulder asks if he'll copy it down for him. And so Chow pulls out a notepad and starts copying it down. And then in the kitchen, which I think you would have done to begin with, but anyway, okay. Yeah. So in the kitchen, Scully notes that the place has been cleaned out. There are marks on the countertop showing where things used to be. So someone came in and took a bunch of stuff. There's also a funny smell that Scully says is fresh carpet. And sure enough, there's new carpet in one of the rooms. And Scully wonders what kind of slumlord would spring for new carpet in a place like this, which otherwise is in massive disrepair. Mulder pulls up the carpet because it's not even, like, tacked down properly. And meanwhile, Scully opens a drawer. Chow explains that a package she finds in the drawer is Chinese medicine. And there's a dried frog in there also. And it's used as a charm for good health or prosperity or protection sometimes. And meanwhile, Mulder, having pulled up the carpet, has found blood underneath it. And says they need to get it tested. So they do that thing again where it's, it's like obvious that someone has been there and but they then just start randomly touching stuff. Like, uh-huh.
1: <laughs> oh, geez, I mean, I don't know on. how common like forensic teams were <laughs> in the nineties, but I feel like you at least photograph the crime scene and dust for prints before you start messing with or things. put
0: on some gloves at least. Don't just start grabbing random stuff. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my God. Oh, and also, like Chow's, Let's be honest. Chow's been in there by himself apparently for quite a while.
1: So, yeah. So who knows mm, what he's been doing? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Not to you know accuse people, but yeah, you never know. He's a new guy. We haven't seen him before. We don't know. No, we, what don't know. Is. we don't know. We don't know. We
1: know that he helped create dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. So yeah, he's obviously a, shady. And apparently,
0: a assistant <laughs> wedding planner. So yeah, you know, <laughs> the man of many talents.
1: So then we see a man whose name we'll learn is Sin. And he's wearing a uniform shirt for Bay Area Carpenters. Carpet installation. And he arrives home in his apartment.
0: Mm, carpet installation.
1: Mm-hmm. And he brings a tea tray into a bedroom and he sits on the bed and there's a young woman on the bed and her name we'll learn is Kim. And so they speak in Cantonese, but luckily we get subtitles. And he pours tea from the pot into a cup and then sets the tray on her lap and he's like telling her to eat because there's some dinner on the tray. And she asks him to stay and have tea with her but he tells her he needs to go out. And she asks where and he says he needs to see people. He has some business to make money so that she can get well. And she's like, "Well, you can go tomorrow." But he like argues and he's like, "You know, money can pay for doctors." And Kim's like, "Well, the doctors all say the operation costs too much money." And Sin is just like, "Don't talk like that." And he gets up and leaves. So Kim is played by Lucy Lou, who I'm sure you all know she is credited here as Lucy Alexis Lou. This is one of her first credits. It's not her first credit, but I mean, it's one of the earlier things that she did. Mm-hmm. She was in Ally McBeal, Kill Bill, Southland, Charlie's Angels, just a bunch of stuff. You've, you know who she is. My favorite role of hers is as Joan Watson in Elementary, which is my favorite adaptation of Sherlock Holmes. I think that series is absolutely amazing. And I think she does an incredible job. Hmm.
0: I mean, I'm never going to not say the Jeremy Brett version is the best version, but I haven't seen Elementary, so I don't know. Yeah,
1: I haven't seen the Jeremy Brett version, so I'll have to watch it. But Okay,
0: yeah. I well, mean, it's a whole, really like, a whole, like, series. so oh, okay. They almost got through all the stories, honestly. Oh, wow. Um, yeah.
1: The so, Elementary yeah. doesn't directly do most of the mysteries from Sherlock Holmes. It does incorporate some of them, but it has just really interesting twists on the characters. And it actually gives Sherlock... Like he actually has a lot of character growth. Yeah, it's no, it's a,
0: the Jeremy Brett stuff is like a Granada Television thing, and they just go through like mm-hmm. all the stories.
1: Yeah, so, more yeah. of a direct adaptation, whereas this yes. is like, a, yeah, a new retelling of Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, so. and
0: they're all from like the eight, this like early. I think I want to say eighty four. I don't know if that's when it started, just like during eighty four is when some of them know they're on A and E all the time. When oh, A&E okay wasn't shit like every other cable channel is now, and so. You
1: know, <laughs> Back when cable TV used to show really good stuff instead of just Yeah, a like when Discovery nonsense. Channel was
0: a science show. Oh, and I like, remember that. Yeah, yeah. The Food Network actually had cooking shows and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, before it was just all real.
1: Look, don't get me wrong. Awesome. I love some cutthroat kitchen, but not, yeah.
0: Man. Anyway, <laughs> not about me. It's not about me. So apparently she and David Duchovny were also dating during the time this episode was filmed. So I don't know if that <laughs> had anything to do with her being in the show or not. But yeah, David Wait, Duchovny well, I mean, got around apparently. So.
1: And I'm not saying Lucy Lou isn't incredibly talented because she is and she absolutely could have just gotten this role in merit. But I also think like in Hollywood, a lot of it is kind of ha- who you know. And so like yeah. David and the also, got his girlfriend's role. She doesn't role really on the show do a
0: lot in this. She doesn't do a lot in this episode. It could have been any random person off the street. She in, doesn't do a lot in no. this role. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a lot of heavy lifting for this role. So.
1: No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, she does a good job with it, but yeah, it's not a lot. It's not a meaty part. So,
0: yeah. So later, Sin knocks on a door, and he speaks to the man at the door in Chinese and is ushered inside. And inside, the room is bustling. There are tables, but a lot of people are standing, and there's a cacophony of voices. A man in a suit walks up, followed by a man in a suit with glasses and carrying a jade vase, and then another guy in a suit with gray hair and a goatee carrying a case. And the crowd quiets down. They walk to a table near the front, and a short vase is set down along with the case. And then the first man takes the bigger vase and he takes it around the room and people put a tile inside. Meanwhile, the gray-haired man opens up the case and he shows the room it's full of money. And people are like, ooh, ah, money. And then finally the big vase reaches Sin and he takes a tile that has his name on it, apparently, and he puts it in the vase. And so I guess everyone has got their tiles have their names on them, I guess. And he passes it on. And then more people toss their tiles into the vase. And then it's brought back to the main table in the front. The man with the glasses rifles around in the jar for a bit, stirring the tiles. And then he pulls one out. And it reads, Lee Duan. And he apparently has, I guess, like a cataract. One eye, one eye is kind of all milky and white. And the man with the glasses puts the first vase down. And then he picks up the small one. And he'd been putting other tiles in it while they were passing around the big vase. And then he holds up this fancy triangular token and he puts it into the small vase too to go with the other ones and kind of mixes it up a little bit. And then he hands it to the first man who was going around with the big vase. And he takes that jar to Lee and Lee lifts it up over his head and kind of like shakes it some more and then brings it down and reaches in and he pulls out a token. But uh apparently it's like some kind of lottery system and the token is not apparently a winning one because it's held aloft and the one man says what it is and people are like oh so apparently it's not good Mm -hmm. and then sin like winces and then lee is walked out of the room by the first man so yeah choose wisely
1: no So Chow walks Mulder and Scully through a shop full of dried goods, mostly roots, Chow says, but there's more exotic stuff too, such as bear bladder and shark fin, stuff that's usually prepared in a soup or a tea. Mulder asks what Lo was using, so Chow hands the packages to the woman behind the counter and asks what they are. And the woman says it's skullcap root and Chinese angelica, which are used as painkillers. And so Scully asks if the woman remembers Johnny Lowe, and Chow relays the question. The woman nods, and Mulder asks him to ask her if she knows Lowe is dead. And so to that question, she replies, no. And then they ask if she recognizes the characters that were painted on his door. And Chow shows her his sketch of the characters, and she gasps. And she says that means that Lowe's house was branded a haunted house. (gasps) Yeah, that's not good. So, Chow explained that it's related to the festival of hungry ghosts that he mentioned before. On the 15th day of the seventh moon on the Chinese calendar, it's believed that the gates of hell are opened and the ghosts of unwanted souls roam the earth.
0: It's like Halloween.
1: Sort of, yeah.
0: Yeah, or I guess actually like November 1st because Halloween is like. Yeah, it is kind
1: of like Day of the, the Eve Dead. Of too. It, yeah. Yeah. Believers protect themselves by leaving gifts of food and hell money outside their homes to appease the ghosts and keep them from coming inside.
0: Yeah. So again, it seems weird that very few people apparently sell hell money. So
1: yeah, because it does seem like a thing that a lot of people would be getting at this time of year to put outside with their other offerings. Yeah. So there would be quite a demand for it.
0: Yeah. Maybe more like Halloween candy versus Christmas decorations in this case, it seems.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, as he talks, we see Lee is in this room and he's drinking some tea and sitting across from an empty chair. And Lee opens his eyes and sees several figures appear in front of him. Ghosts? I know. And Chow continues that for some ghosts, there's no buying them off, such as the Preda, the ancient ghost of a murdered man who wanders the earth exacting its revenge on the living. Oh, no. Yeah. Or the Wujiang who collect the souls of the doomed men and drag them down to T u, the Chinese hell Ooh. and then we see the man in front of Lee reaches forward and he pulls Lee's heart out of his chest like an Indiana Jones mm. and he holds Except it in not front gross of him. wise
0: because it doesn't seem to hurt
1: right. He just kind of yanks it out
0: almost like he like did like a vision like kind of like phased through and grabbed the heart and then took it back out kind of
1: thing. Mm-hmm. yeah. And he holds it in front of him and it's still beating. And Lee closes his eyes and then, you know, seems to go to sleep. And then a man wearing surgical scrubs and gloves opens Lee's good eye and kind of takes a look at it, I guess, to see if he's conscious or not.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Scrubs. Weird. The ghosts weren't wearing scrubs.
1: Yeah. It's a little suspicious. Or gloves.
0: That probably wasn't sanitary. Just reaching into someone's body and taking out their heart with no gloves on. But anyway, I guess yeah. ghosts don't care. So. So out on the street, we see Mulder, Scully, and Chow. And as they walk, Mulder asks if he thinks these murders are related to the festival. And Chow says it makes sense. The festival is almost over. And Scully asks if he believes, you know, all the ghost stuff in the Festival of Hungry Ghost. And Chow says he finds it hard to argue with 2,000 years of belief. But the truth is he's more haunted by the size of his mortgage payments.
1: Mm-hmm. Which even in the 90s, if he lives anywhere in San Francisco proper, that mortgage is not cheap.
0: Yeah, although ironically, I mean, if the 90s were anything like today, mortgage payments are usually less than rent mm-hmm. in a less valuable dwelling. So it's yeah, true. Just another way that being poor costs more.
1: Yep. So, yeah. So you get higher
0: monthly costs and you get zero billion of wealth and yeah, it's a sweet system we have. It's awesome.
1: Yeah, it's super so, great. Love it. I love knowing yeah. that the only way I'll ever own a home is like literally winning the lottery.
0: Yeah. So. I mean, a mortgage basically is, is rent to own. It is people talk shit about rent own all the time, but that's what a mortgage is is rent to own. And like rent is just a black hole. It's just a scam.
1: It's a black hole. You have no control over it. It can fluctuate. All I mean, obviously, you have a lease that protects you for a certain amount of time, but they can raise your rent when the lease is over, they can kick you out. I mean, there's a lot of laws where there are protection laws, but not really great ones. And at the end of the day, the fact that like I can pay $1,500 in rent, but if I try and get a mortgage for $1,200, the bank will be like, nope, whatever. You don't make enough money. It's just, it's a stupid system.
0: Yeah, I personally think landlords should be abolished. I don't think it should be an income. It's not a job. Like it's literally rent seeking. That's what it's called in economics. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Hoarding property and then renting it out to people and not cool, not a cool system at all. Anyway, speaking about renting out property. Um, cemeteries. <laughs> so then we're at Highland Park Cemetery, and we have a patrol truck who drives in the cemetery. I guess maybe like the graveyard patrol. I guess. Guy? Yeah, some kind of security.
1: I think. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. And his headlights shine on three figures wearing white and red masks. <gasps> yeah, and the driver gets out of his truck and he asks what they're doing, and then he reaches back in the truck for a flashlight because it's just like his headlights that were luminant bore, and when he turns back. They're gone again. Gone, Ooh. gone, gone, gone. Almost as if they were ghosts. It's creepy. Yep. And then Mulder and Scully and Neri are walking through the cemetery. So it's later. And Neri tells them that the night watchman described three men wearing the same mask as the guard at the funeral home. And Scully asks what they were doing here. And Neri walks them to the grave where they were spotted near and says they aren't sure what they were doing. And Mulder like, is this a freshly dug plot? And Neri says, yes. And I mean, I don't know why you need to ask that. It's obviously freshly dug. It's like a hole in the ground. There's dirt by it. It's freshly dug up. Whether it's supposed to be dug up or not is another story, but it is. And he says there is a burial scheduled there at noon tomorrow. So it is an official plot, at least. And Mulder asks if the deceased is Chinese. And Neary says they can check. And then Neri calls over to Chow, telling him to see if they can get the name of the grave's future occupant. Mulder jumps down into the grave at this point, though, and starts moving some of the dirt around and reveals the face of Lee's corpse. <gasps> He's buried under the actual grave. And he says it looks like someone was trying to get a two-for-one special. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Burial for the price of one. It's a very check thing, just jumping down into that grave, I'd say. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then it's commercial.
1: Oh, yeah. And then there's a commercial. No. Yeah. So then we're at the coroner's office at Central Station and Scully's wearing a lab coat and Mulder walks in and he's asking her what she found. And she says, a lot. And I haven't even finished my preliminary visual exam. She pulls the plastic off the body and shows Mulder the man's many surgical scars. Given the coloration, she'd say they were all made in the past year. So Mulder asks what was wrong with him and Scully thinks nothing. She asks if he knows what the human body is worth. And Mulder realizes she thinks the man was selling body parts for money. So Scully starts listing his missing parts. He's missing a kidney, a portion of his liver, a cornea, bone marrow. And, you know, those are all things people can lose and live without.
0: Oh, so is that why his eye was all yeah, looking white? He he the cornea, yeah, because uh, cornea was Okay. I wasn't sure if maybe that was from the other eye, but then I just, okay. Got gotcha. you.
1: Mulder points out that he's not alive. And Scully says, if she's right, this is one man who left his heart in San Francisco.
0: Grown. I know. I know.
1: And Mulder says, even if she's right, there's no long term financial benefit to dying. So, like selling your kidney, sure, but selling your heart doesn't really make sense. Hmm. And there's no connection to the crematory deaths. And Scully mentions that Johnny Lowe had a glass eye. Oh, so that, you know, he was missing a body part.
0: That's why she was looking at his eyeball. Mm -hmm.
1: So she takes some surgical scissors and she starts to cut the stitches around the wound over Lee's heart. And then the wound starts pulsing. (gasps) She gasps and a frog pushes out of the skin, like through the hole that she cut and jumps onto the corpse's chest.
0: Whoa. Yeah, that was a bad transplant.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly,
0: I don't think who thought that you could put a frog in there and that would work. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think that's a great system.
0: Mm. So, back in the gambling room where Lee had drawn the token that meant his heart got cut out, there's another round going on. And so, you know, people are putting their tiles in the whole thing all at business. I'm not going to go through it again because actually it's kind of confusing if you're not visualizing it because there's a lot of people Mm -hmm. in suits and it's. It's confusing. A lot anyway, of people a lot of jars, a yeah. lot of stuff getting vases around, and tiles. cases at <laughs> all. So anyway, the man in the glasses pulls a tile out and reads a name. It's Sin Sin Shuang, and so the man then puts the token that we assume means you get all the money and not your heart cut out into the small mm-hmm. jar, and then he gives it to Sin, and Sin holds it over his head just like Lee did. He shakes it, and then he draws out a token with his eyes closed. And then he just sits there with, like, his eyes closed the whole time and holds it in his hand and does not open his hand, does not Mm -hmm. look at the token. And so the first man, who's always been going around with the vase and takes him, he, like, pulls it out of his hand. Mm -hmm. And then he looks at it, and he's all gone. And the crowd erupts, and then Sin is grimly led from the room. That doesn't seem like a good thing.
1: No, I I don't think he won. I don't think it's a good thing. Although
0: I am thinking, so Sin does not look at it. Has no, his hand closed the whole does. time? When the man pulls it from his hand, the man looks at it. But then, when he holds it up, he holds it up in a closed fist. I don't think that was gone. Whatever "gone" means, I think he got screwed. And you think he it.
1: won, and he should have looked? I think the he might have
0: possibly won, and they're like, "Nope, you're not winning." And just yeah, I think he got scammed. I think he should have looked at it because we never get to see the tile he picked.
1: True. So. True. Yeah. It's a good point. Yeah. Are you saying people running this underground lottery are unscrupulous? Possibly. And not entirely honest?
0: Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, they probably have a quota of like organs to meet. And we're like, oh, we can't give out all this money. We need some more eyeballs and hearts or whatever. Yeah. So, no, exactly. Yeah.
1: yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that were the case. <laughs> so then we're at the San Francisco Police Department. And Chow is at his desk and he's speaking on the phone in Cantonese and Mulder and Scully walk up and Scully puts a jar with the frog inside on Chow's desk. So he hangs up the phone and he lifts the jar and he's like, what is this? And Scully's like, well, we hope you can tell us. It was found in the body cavity of the corpse in the grave. And Scully's like, you told us a frog represented luck or prosperity, but unless this is a sick joke, it must have another meaning. And Chow doesn't know of another, but he mentions that it might be part of a crime syndicate thing. And Scully asks if he's heard any word on the street about a black market for body parts. And Chow is like, what, here in Chinatown? And Scully tells him that the corpse was missing a cornea and a kidney, and they were taken prior to the time of death, before the removal of his heart. And she found what's known as sterile ice around the incision, which is a substance used to preserve human organs for transplant. So Chow shakes his head and he says he doesn't even know where to start. And Mulder, who's been standing off to the side eating sunflower seeds, tells Chow that they're going to need him to help a little more than that. And Chow is irritated because they're implying he's not already helping. And Scully's like, well, either you resent us being here or you feel protective of the Chinese community. And Chow's like... You don't know what you're dealing with here. You may see me as a Chinese man, but the locals, they see him as a cop and as an ABC, American-born Chinese. To them, he's as white as they are, and a language interpreter is no good when everyone speaks the language of silence. So he grabs his coat and he shoves a piece of paper at Mulder before he leaves, and Mulder asks what it is, and Chow tells him that it's the company that installed the carpet in Lowe's apartment. He just happened to come across it while he was sitting there twiddling his thumbs. And then he asked if they're coming or not. Mm. So this scene, it kind of confused me the first time I watched it because, like, they they come at him pretty harshly. Like they're very like accusatory almost. And like I get that there's stuff that's not adding up as they're doing these autopsies, but it did seem kind of weird, like how intense both Mulder and Scully kind of are towards him. I did find that a little odd.
0: One thing I think is weird that I didn't mention previously is that he doesn't seem to know what the thing on the door says. And yet it obviously is Chinese Mm
1: -hmm. because
0: then the woman tells them what it means. But like, why wouldn't he know that? Like, it's just a phrase.
1: Yeah, well, I think what he says is that he recognizes the characters, but they don't make sense. Like, it doesn't, it's not characters you would put together. And so that's why he says it could be idiomatic, because it could be just like a saying he doesn't really recognize. Mm, But the woman recognizes it. So, I mean, I don't know how true that is either. But, I mean, I'm not saying he hasn't, there haven't been hints that maybe he's not totally... All in on this investigation it just seemed weird the way Mulder and Skelly they seemed a little intense about how they were like you need to start helping I mean it just it seemed to yeah. come out of not nowhere okay. but it did seem a little intense to me but
0: so maybe those characters are like some kind of like urban dictionary kind of thing where like,
1: like right you know it? you
0: know what it says you are like but I have no idea what that means
1: right and so yeah. I can't
0: explain it to you because I could tell you what it means in Chinese but it may it'd be like saying like grass monkey and you'd be like what right. the hell is a grass monkey what are you talking about right so, yeah
1: Okay. kind of nonsense that's what i that's okay
0: what I thought. yeah i just thought it weird that because he knew what the other one said and then but he didn't know what this one said for some reason but then mm-hmm. the lady knows what it says and then yeah so i was kind of confused but huh okay so Mulder, scully and chow arrive at sin's apartment and sin cracks the door open and asks what they want with him and chow tells him that he's a detective with the san francisco police department and asks if they can have a word with him he says he's late for work And Chow says it will only take a minute. And so Sin lets them in. And we should mention that in the scene, we find out that Sin has a bandage over his right eye. Mm -hmm. Almost as if his eye is missing or something. Mm -hmm. And Scully asks what happened. And he says it was an accident at work, a carpet tack, which, oh, oh, man. Ouch, I know. I mean, I accidentally drove a nail through my hand one time when I was in a construction place, but in your eye, oh, oh, oh. Oh man. Yeah. Anyway, Mulder asks how long he's lived in this country. And Sin says three years. And Mulder asks if he lives alone. And then there's a voice, as if on cue, there's a voice from another room and he gestures towards it and says that it's his daughter. And Scully says he laid a carpet in an apartment that was owned by someone named Johnny Lowe. And Sin says that he doesn't know the name. The man he works for only gives him addresses, not names. And Scully says that the man he worked for said it must have been a side job because there was no work order for that address. Uh Mm Uh-oh. And Mulder picks up the token that Sin won from the shelf. And meanwhile, Lo has asked what the name was again. And so Scully repeats Lo's name. And then she says that he is dead and murdered. And then she keeps asking about the carpet. Meanwhile, Chow has opened the door to Kim's room. And Kim asks Chow who he is. And he tells her that he's San Francisco to police department and he's just here to ask her father some questions and that everything's fine. And then he like, you know, closes the door. And Scully is still asking about the carpet, asking if Sin remembers who called him about the job and Sin like doesn't know. And then Mulder's just kind of like, okay, well, thanks. And that if we need to ask you anything else, we'll get back in touch with you. Let's go. Bye. And Scully looks kind of annoyed at this (laughs) and follows Mulder into the hallway (laughs) And then Chow stops and says something to Sin in Chinese. And then, meanwhile, Scully asks Mulder, What's up? Like, what's going on? And Mulder looks back at Chow and Sin speaking, and he says he'll tell her in a minute. And then Scully kind of watches Sin and Chow talk. Then
1: mm-hmm.
0: so. Chow comes out, and Mulder is like, What was that about? And Chow says that he told Sin that he has a back window blocked up and it's a fire trap. Mulder then shows him the token and asks Chow if he knows what it was. So Mulder just totally took that token. Mm-hmm. And Chow says it's the character for Wood and asks what Mulder's thinking. And Scully says that Sin didn't have an accident at work. Mulder says he's missing an eye and he'd like to know how he lost it. And Scully thinks they should monitor Sin's movements. So it is the character for Wood, at least according to Google mm-hmm. Translation. That's good. Lee's tile... I think because I had to, like, do image search and everything. I don't know Chinese. I think it means big. Although, unlike Velma, I can't read Chinese. So I might be missing some slight variation. And I might have the wrong one. But big would be a good code for heart, I guess. Right. I don't
1: know. Yeah. Yeah. It does seem like they're kind of in code. So the characters they're using. Yeah. Are not like I, so kidney, whatever. Yeah. I, maybe. Okay. No,
0: but yeah. But yeah, yeah, again, that is the character for Wood. That we know for sure because Chow says it. The other one, I'm not so sure. So, yeah.
1: mm-hmm.
0: I mean, we're going to find out later, but I'm leaving that part out for now. So,
1: <laughs> so back inside, Kim asks in if he's in some kind of trouble and he tells her to go back to bed. She asked what happened to his eye, and he dismissively says he had an accident at work.
0: He's sticking to that story.
1: Yeah, he is. But she points out that last night when he came home from work, nothing was wrong. So he had to have hurt himself afterwards. Huh? He tells her it's none of her business. And she just doesn't understand. And he's like, you need the money for the doctor. And she asks what she'd do if anything happened to him. And he tells her he wakes up every day worrying about her. And if he's made a mistake, if he's being foolish, maybe their ancestors are scorning them for leaving their home. And she tells him that he's not to blame. And he's like, well, then who is? If she can't get help, who's to blame but him? And then he hugs her and starts to cry. Mm -hmm. So Chow, meanwhile, walks home. And when he reaches the door... We see that those same characters that were on Lowe's door are now painted on his door in red. <gasps> it's not good, probably.
0: I wonder if the color means something, too.
1: Yeah, maybe. I mean, they do seem to have all kinds of codes for this thing, right? Yeah, because so, like, uh, all...
0: so, so one, we know this means his house is now haunted, apparently. Uh-huh. But his is red, and Lowe's was white, so I don't know if that means anything. Yeah. And I they killed
1: Lowe with white, so I don't know if red is like a warning, Ooh. maybe? Hmm. So Chow goes inside and he looks scared. He actually looks scared and he kind of looks around before he goes inside. And he shuts the door and he turns on the hall light and inside we see there are three men wearing those red and white masks and they're <gasps> waiting for him. Yeah, not good. It's commercial. Not, oh, definitely not good. Definitely not good. Mm-mm.
0: Oh. So we get firecrackers pow pow, 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 and Mulder is parked in the car and Scully opens the door. And so it looks like Mulder has seen a ghost and he says he's just tired and a little jumpy. And then he jokes that if one more firecracker goes off, he's going to get out of the car and shoot someone. So apparently Mulder is not like firecrackers. Although, I mean, a gun is going to be loud, too, Mulder. So you're not helping <laughs> yourself. Also, you need to not shoot people just because they're shooting on firecrackers. It's annoying. I get it. But anyway.
1: I think he's joking. I don't think he's actually going <laughs> to shoot anybody.
0: I mean, I've had that same thought, honestly. But. Yeah, you can't do it. That's why I don't own a gun. Because mm, anyway, Scully asks if Sin has left his apartment, and Mulder says no, but he's glad Scully is there because he needs to use the restroom. His bladder is gonna explode. <laughs> and Scully says that he can use the one at St. Francis's Hospital, and Mulder's like, "Why?" <laughs> um, and Scully tells him that Chow was attacked in his home, and that apparently he's at St. Francis's, and Neri says he was cut up pretty bad, and so they pull away.
1: Yeah, and like you and Mulder, like. I get really annoyed. I mean, not firecrackers as much, but like fireworks when people just set them off constantly around the 4th of July for like a whole week or whatever. Or I used to live in this neighborhood that literally from 8 a.m. on 4th of July to like 2 in the morning, it just sounded like a war zone the entire day. And I just don't understand. Well, that's
0: that's the, the thing. Joy of it. I mean, there's at least a cultural reason for theirs. Like their firecrackers. You know, for the Chinese festivals, are to drive away evil spirits.
1: Right. Well, and Ours also they're just firecrackers. Like, they're not big. F- I mean, they do fireworks too, but yeah, this is this is but just when we do them world. on the fourth of
0: July, it's like, oh, because it's like recreations of war explosions, which <laughs> is like, what the fuck? What are you what are you doing? Like, why would you want to recreate that? Why do you want to remind people of that? I always remember a scene in I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Born on the Fourth of July.
1: Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And there's a scene where they're doing like a veterans parade. And they're setting off the firecrackers on 4th of July and you see all the old like veterans, like the really old men, like in their uniforms. And they're just like wincing when all the firecrackers go off. And it just reminds me of, like, like for them, they don't, like, that sound is traumatic. Like, they don't yeah. want to be reminded of that.
1: No, I mean, so. fireworks are so disruptive. They're a fire hazard. They're dangerous.
0: They they're animals. bad for
1: people with, t- yeah, they're bad for people with PTSD. They're bad for people with anxiety. They're bad for people in general just to have that kind of noise going all the time. And they're mm-hmm. bad for animals. Dogs and cats get really stressed. Like, the whole thing is... I think they should just be straight up banned, and we should just have professional firework shows, but well, even me, those are loud, it. but those I mean they're loud, know. but they're temporary, right? Like it's one hour, you well, know, yeah. and it's not they a have deal. ones
0: in Europe. I know Italy has done it for like New Year's and stuff, where they use drones now,
1: oh wow, to do light awesome. shows,
0: and it looks fucking amazing, and it's quiet,
1: yeah. So, so, me and Nick yeah. are just going to be over here being curmudgeonly and you know, <laughs> shaking our canes at kids, shooting off fireworks. <laughs> but, like, seriously, like, I don't know, it's one of those things that bothers me all the time. And, like, every time I move, I'm like, oh my god, I hope I'm not moving into a fireworks heavy neighborhood where I'm not going to be able to like sleep or live on the 4th of July. Because, after living in a place like that, it's like it's just so horrendous. I'm like, yeah, I, don't I mean, they're technically
0: banned in the city here, but I mean, they still, it's, I mean, it's, yeah. actually, it's actually gotten better here, That's it used good. to be pretty bad. It, well, not I shouldn't say it used to be pretty bad. You would you would hear them, but it's actually gotten a lot better. Like you almost don't hear them nowadays, it's just kind of nice. Also, the city of Portland itself used to just set off fireworks, like like sanctioned a city fireworks, like the river, like all oh, like it's Tuesday, fireworks, like for almost no reason. They were like fireworks like almost every month for some reason in Portland. That has also toned down, probably because they're expensive, which is why you need to not be doing them all the time. It's a waste of money. Mm-hmm. But yeah. But it's kind of it's kind of gotten better. So also well, back in the good. day, if you set off those kind of fireworks a lot, you would at least like blow a hand or something off, and that was cool. At least you get punished for it. I'm all yeah. about that. But now, <laughs> well, I mean, no I grew have up- most fingers off anymore, and it's really depressing.
1: I grew up in national forest land, like Lake Tahoe's a national forest. You did not oh, like you did not set off fireworks, and you would like get. Police at your house if you had them. I know it's gotten a little different now, and they have a couple festivals where they set them off and drives my family crazy. I get to hear about how they're setting off the fireworks for some Tahoe festival that they're doing, but they would always do them over the lake, you know, for Fourth of July or New Year's, and you could yeah. go see the professional show. But you, people just didn't have them, and I so like moving to Washington where people actually have access to fireworks and as i've moved out of like downtown where it's too expensive to live more and more it's like i just encounter more and more people who are just setting them off for random reasons or like fourth of july new i'm like oh my gosh can we not do that i don't want well
0: also too fourth of july fireworks i mean i mean new year's fireworks also are annoying but at least it's winter time fourth of july fireworks are like oh everything's like burned well, up because it's drought all the time and, let's and just yeah. get everything on fire
1: <laughs> well and especially when we've had those like really bad weeks of terrible smoke or whatever and wildfires and then people yeah. are just setting up fireworks and like are you serious like come on yeah. come on anyway this turned into a really long tangent rant and i apologize but yeah i just apparently need to get that yeah. off my chest yeah
0: fireworks <sighs> not a fan <laughs> never, never been a fan i do i will admit if you have little kids and you buy like a little set of fireworks like from sure. the stand and so yeah. little kids are freaking amazed by them they think it's fun and like that I'm like okay like I don't want that to go away because like the amazement Ew. of little children is fine but like all the like adults kind of like that's no, it's like like it's it's like a lot of things like the little people kids who are
1: shooting them off at like four in the morning because yeah. they're bored and it's dark and they're drunk like that's no, no. no.
0: Like you see the face <laughs> of a little kid who like has never really experienced fireworks before and just like you just live off that like joy that they have. It's amazing. But at the same time, then as you get older, you need to not be, you know, anyway, <sighs> but it's complicated. <laughs> yeah, I do wonder though because Scully like, is like Chow is attacked. We need to go. Like, why don't just one of them go and someone still stay at Sin's house at the stakeout or like call some cops to like keep staking out Sin's house? Like, we just leave. Like, oh, let's go check. Like, yeah, both don't need to go check Chow out at the hospital.
1: Well, Mulder needs to pee.
0: <laughs> Mulder needs to pee, so Scully could have stayed. <laughs>
1: That's true. It's true. Yeah. And San Francisco actually has really great public transit. So he probably could have gotten there very easily.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, (laughs) I, at first when she was like, you go to St. Francis hospital to use the restroom. I know people, my wife is one who like, We'll map out good bathrooms around the city. So if uh, they yeah. need to use the uh-huh. restroom. <laughs> I do that too.
1: By the way, always like if you have a target, that is always a great place. If there's a target, right? If you're in the city city, though, it can be a little more complicated because there are a lot of places that don't.
0: Yeah. yeah. Hospitals are usually good places, though, to go. To the yeah.
1: Because they, so. use, yeah, they just have yeah. public bathrooms and you just walk in and no one's going to yeah. like stop you.
0: And they're usually clean. Yes. Because it's the yes. hospital. So yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, doctors and a, nurses have to use those same bathrooms. so
1: Someone with yeah. a tiny bladder. I appreciate that very much. <laughs> definitely, That is a problem that I have sometimes. So as they pull away, we see this man in the suit. And this is actually the doctor from the scene with Lee. The one who like he pictured ripping out his heart or whatever. Or I think he pictured mm. a ghost ripping out his heart. But this is the guy who was like checking to make sure he was, uh, you know, out and unconscious. Right.
0: Yeah. 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 The ghost was a different dude. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to go back and do- double check to make sure it wasn't the same dude. But it was a different dude. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So the doctor watches them drive off, and then he goes up to Sin's apartment, and Sin is at the table eating when there's a knock at his door, and so he calls, "Who is it?" And the response is, "You know who it is." Ominous. So and Sin this gets. Is,
0: this is subtitled, correct?
1: Yes. Yeah, I believe okay, this is yeah. also in Chinese. So. Okay. So Sin gets up and lets him in, and he tells Sin that he did not get his payment, and Sin says that he wants out. And the man clarifies, like, you want out of the game? And Sin is like, yeah, I quit. And the man's like, well, you've been luckier than most all this time and only one bad draw. I'm assuming he's only had one draw because it seems like there's only one good draw, but maybe not. We don't get a lot of clarity on how this game works.
0: Yeah. Also, it's a very, like, I'm, I was actually trying to, I, I, I don't know how many tiles there were. And so I was trying to figure out how many tiles. We we see the guy putting the tiles in the small one, and then he puts the the winning one in. But I don't know how many not winning ones are in there. And I I was actually trying, because I'm a math nerd, I was trying to do the calculations of what the odds were to win. I mean, when it varies on how many people there are putting in tiles, right? right? But, like, like it's a two-tier system. You got to win the first one. And then winning can actually be losing because, like, like, I don't, yeah. This is a, uh,
1: yeah. Cause it this depends a, on what not, tile you draw. Yeah. So, this yeah, is not
0: really a system I think I would want to be a part of, honestly.
1: Mm-mm, no.
0: Because, yeah, not only do you not like, are you paying to be in it, but mm-hmm. you also could be giving money so that you could die.
1: Yeah. So, exactly. I mean, buying lotto tickets might be a waste of money, but no one's going to cut out my heart when I don't win. So, yeah.
0: Like, oh, you only got three. Guess what?
1: Yeah, you you throw your (laughs) ticket away and that's the end of the consequences. You spent two bucks and didn't win money. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, the man also points out that the pot is up to almost two million dollars. One draw and maybe he'll win more than he did when he won, because apparently this guy has won this at some point.
0: I wonder if that's why he's a doctor, because he won and then went to doctor school. Possibly. I don't think it's called doctor school. It's called
1: No, I think it's now. medical school. Yeah. But yeah.
0: Okay. Doctor school works. I
1: like it. But Sin points out, well, maybe I'm not so lucky. And the doctor's like, well, that money could help save your daughter's life. And Sin points out, yeah, or maybe he'll die and leave his daughter alone. But the doctor tells Sin he has to keep playing. And we see that Kim actually has her door cracked and is listening in. So she is watching. And the doctor continues that Sin knows the rules. No one talks about the game and no one leaves it.
0: Almost like Fight Club.
1: Yeah. Oh, shit. I said it. <laughs> well, Tyler Durden will be by later. The rules of this game cannot be broken or the Preda and the fires of TU will consume him. And Sin pleads with him, but the man says, it's not my choice. And he leaves. So, oh, cool.
0: yeah and so this is like you're required to keep buying lottery tickets Yeah, not only can a lottery (laughs) ticket result in your death if you're lucky but also you're not allowed to stop buying lottery tickets
1: yeah it's not a great system woof no and the doctor who actually he's credited as the hard-faced man you know x-files loves their whatever man things
0: (laughs) yeah because he's because he's actually credited in the Opening section, so he's not in the end credits, so you don't actually see what name they've given him, like they do with mm-hmm. like the, the lower because usually the one at the ends are usually the people who are like barely in the episode. The the yeah. namey people are in the front where you don't actually get their character names, so
1: right, exactly. But he's played by James Hong. He looked super familiar to me, and he has been in a ton of stuff, so that's probably why mm-hmm. yeah. he's had an incredibly prolific career. He actually started acting in 1954. And some highlights include appearances on Hawaii Five O, MacGyver, Doogie Howser, M.D., The West Wing, Bones. He's also done voice acting work for Kung Fu Panda, Archer, Scooby Doo, Mystery Incorporated. He's been in a lot of stuff, and he's still acting today. So he has just been in a massive amount of things.
0: Yeah, and he's just like a like he's he's a he's a character actor. So he's in, yes, yeah, a ton of stuff. Yeah, he's
1: in a ton of stuff, and so you've probably seen him in something at some point. Yeah.
0: Sin's eye bandage is all bloody in this scene. Like it wasn't bloody before. It was like in clean. So I don't know if there's a reason for that or just because they were like, oh, let's make it bloody for some. I have no idea why it's suddenly bloody now. Um, that doesn't seem like a good sign, but yeah. I'm also super, this has nothing to do with the episode, okay? I get it. <laughs> but I am super curious about what the doctor is eating in this scene because he, he comes in and then he's talking to Sin and then he starts eating something and he obviously must have pulled it from his coat after he came in the apartment. It looks like a Russian tea cake is what it looks like. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming there's some kind of similar confection that's related to the whole, you know, Festival of the Ghost Chinese New Year kind of thing going on. I thought it was actually maybe a sesame ball. because I actually went and looked for things that looked similar to that. I was looking up, you know what kind of food they do at those kind of festivals like that but sesame balls are almost like filled donut holes so they're hollow mm-hmm. and got like gooey good taste in them and this is like a solid cookie looking thing so it's very russian tea cakey although russian tea cakes would be a mess to have in your pocket because they're covered in uh-huh. milk, sure. yeah but... my
1: mom makes really good russian tea cakes like yeah. really good ones yeah
0: so, yeah, I'm, I'm super curious about what it is. I'm sure it's yeah. some kind of like cookie or confection or something. I'm just like, what
1: is it? I don't know. <laughs> I know. I'm the same. way. I'm always like, what are you eating? <laughs> what are you buying at the grocery store? And what is in that present that you're in Because at first though I thought he was box. like being
0: like a total douche and like just pulled something off the table that that Sin was eating it. But Sin was like eating soup and noodles and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And this was like something he probably like, you know, he has got like a, you know, like the 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 rich, sophisticated man with, like, you know, some treats in his pocket as he's, you know, threatening valeting.
1: this other guy. Nibbling. Yeah,
0: yeah. But I was like, <laughs> what are you eating? What do I mean? I need to know what you're eating. <laughs> yeah, it's a thing. Anyway, so then we're at St. Francis General Hospital, and Mulder and Scully arrive at the hospital and find Neary in the hall, and hopefully, Mulder's gone to the bathroom at some point.
1: Yeah, um, I hope so because I know what yeah. the oh, that's always yeah. an uncomfortable feeling. Yeah.
0: So they ask how Chow is, and Neri's like, oh, he's gone." And the nurse finished sewing him up, and then he went to the bathroom, and that was the last anyone saw him. So I don't. Mulder apparently just missed him in the bathroom. Maybe I don't know. And Scully asks why he just take off, and Neri shakes his head. Oh. And Mulder asks if he can see Chow's chart, and Neri says, "Sure." And he goes to get it, and then Scully asks if Mulder wants to see what his injuries were, but Mulder actually wants to see what his blood type is, and Scully <gasps> is surprised. And she thinks Mulder believes that Chow is involved somehow. And Mulder thinks all his hill dragging was a diversion and that the ghost story is a ruse. And then he asks Scully what the hematype was of the blood under the carpet padding. And so Scully checks her notes and says it was O negative. And then Neri comes back and hands Mulder the chart. And Chow also has O negative blood. And so Neri asks what they're saying. And Scully tells him that the blood on the carpet padding was. Detective Chow's and Mulder says he bet that Chow is the one who asked for the carpet to be installed that conversation with Sin wasn't about any fire trap
1: although that conversation
0: was after oh but maybe they're having a conversation because he's already talked to sin at some point we so were talking about something else i guess because obviously he wasn't telling sin to put carpet in lowe's apartment after lowe was right dead. no i think it was a conversation
1: yeah. about that possibly or about how he can't tell anyone or something
0: gotcha okay just just that they are familiar with each other therefore they're having a conversation about something so that's why okay gotcha okay yeah, yeah. i missed that part of Mulder's thing in the episode where he says that I'm seeing this for the first time in your notes and I'm like what <laughs> uh, yeah otherwise I probably would have had no to hear about like whoa that doesn't make sense how could that happen so yeah yeah
1: and I feel like as a recovering goth, I should make some kind of typo negative reference, but I can't think of one. So I guess we'll yeah. I mean, it, it is go. the
0: rarest type. So I guess it's just easy shorthand. Right. I mean, I mean, they don't know for sure that it's child's blood. They didn't check it to compare. Right. right? But I mean, it's just it's the rarest blood because it's the universal donor. So mm-hmm. ironically, it like everyone can take it, but very few people have it. Yeah. So which is why they're always doing. Calls well, I, was for just, it, I was just
1: but... talking about the band, but I can't think of a way to wedge like a lyric in there or something so the band yeah typo negative oh Peter Steele
0: oh I thought you were actually mentioning that like shows always talk about typo negative blood
1: <laughs> no I meant I just.
0: oh I've never heard of the band sorry
1: oh just, wow that's, I thought it was
0: a vampire thing possibly too because mm, maybe vampires no, like typo negative blood well, its universal honor. I think Peter Steele so. liked
1: vampires but yeah I don't know it's just oh, okay. a band it's a band
0: okay yeah I, sorry I'm ignorant
1: obligatory goth reference all right let's move right, on
0: cool yeah <laughs> i do wonder if saint francis general hospital has a thing about lighting their hallways or if they just turn off lights automatically when cops are there so it looks super dramatic because when Mulder and scully show up the hospital's dark as hell like they're walking through the hallway and there's like no lights on anywhere it's all super dark like what are you guys doing it's a hospital we like, turn some lights
1: yeah so Mulder and scully go back to sin's apartment and kim answers the door but she answers with the lock still fastened like the chain lock so it smart. doesn't open all the way. Yeah, very smart. Although
0: those don't do shit, honestly, if someone no. wants in the apartment. So, yeah.
1: And Scully asks if Sin is home and Kim tells them no. And so Scully's like, well, are you his daughter? And she affirms that, yes, she is. And so Scully asks if they can speak with her. And Kim hesitates, but lets them in. So inside, Mulder asks her what her father is involved in. And she doesn't know. Her father goes out and she knows he does it for her. And Scully guesses that Kim is sick. And Kim tells them that she was diagnosed with acute lymphatic leukemia six months ago. And Scully's like, well, that's a very treatable form of cancer. But Kim tells her they have no money and they don't have insurance. And now she's scared that her father has done something illegal, that he's made some kind of mistake and now something bad is coming. And Mulder asks who the men who come to visit him are, because I think she mentions that a man came to visit and she overheard. But Kim doesn't know. She just knows that her father says he wants out, but out of what? She's not sure. So Mulder shows her the tile and asks if she knows what it is. And she doesn't. And he says he found it over there by the television. So at least he cops to like taking it out of their apartment.
0: <laughs> yeah, I stole this from your house. When
1: I was there before. <laughs> it's yeah. like I grabbed this earlier. But anyway. Kim says that the symbol on it is wood in Chinese, but it can also correspond to the eye, like fire corresponds to the heart and (gasps) earth to the flesh. And Scully and Mulder exchange a look. And Scully has picked up a paper from the mantle. It's a human leukocyte workup. And Scully asks Kim if her father was rejected as a bone marrow donor, because obviously she has lymphatic leukemia. She may need a bone marrow transplant. And so Kim says yes several months back. But Scully looks at the document and the one she's holding is from an organ procurement center and it's dated only a month ago. The document shows he had his kidneys and liver measured in addition to an HLA. And Mulder realizes they're playing some kind of game.
0: (gasps) So I was wrong and I was right. I was wrong the tile was big. It looks similar to the script when it's written, but again I don't no Chinese, so it's really close to the symbol for fire. So okay, it's not That's big. It's fire. It is. Fire gotcha. is hard. Yeah, so they're they're kind of close. Like when it's written as a script, it looks like I'm a similar. When you see them like as a font, you're like those don't look alike at all. But as scripts, they kind of look close enough. Especially like if you don't know Chinese, like I don't. So it still, I think, looks super suspicious the way the dude announced it. And also, he had the tile, and they took sin away. And so the fact that Sin has it I means maybe he just got to, the dude gave it to him later so he could have totally given him a different tile
1: because Oh yeah, totally.
0: Also, wood would be pronounced moo, not gone. So I have no mm. idea what gone means. And I tried to look well, up that and so I have no idea.
1: What I can wow. say is I know a lot of times with Chinese characters, and this happens in Japanese, and I, I believe it also happens in Chinese, is that characters can be read different ways depending on mm. the meaning. So the same character might be read two or three different ways depending on the context or what you're actually because they all have to, they have multiple meanings. So you can have a character that means like forest, but it can also mean something else. And so how you say it just depends on. That's why kanji can be really hard because you have to learn the, the character but also the context. Because it can mean different things and be read different ways depending on okay. what it's I don't think to stand it's weird for. though,
0: because he says gone when Lee's comes up, but Lee's was obviously not wood. Lee's was fire, right? Mm-hmm. But then the transcript that we're that we were using says that he says gone again when he gets sins tile, which mm-hmm. those would not be the same. And also when you just listen to the episode, he doesn't say gone. He says something that sounds like zin and not gone. So I'm not sure. What any of that means. And the, I mean, again, we're using a transcript of someone who probably maybe doesn't speak Chinese either. I don't know. So,
1: well, yeah. And it's hard to know for sure. And again, you and I don't speak Chinese. So we just are kind of going with what we hear and what we read. And we don't, you know, we could be totally wrong. Yeah. Or there could be some different meanings or gone could mean loser. I mean, I don't even yeah. know, right? The
0: closest yeah. I was able to come up with was that. And again, spelling and my pronunciation is not great. So Zen might have meant new. And then gone might mean dry, but either one of those still don't, I don't know. I mean, dry would, I don't know anyway, but yeah, yeah, it's just weird. I think it's just, they're just using words. So I just, I don't know. I just care about that stuff. I don't understand.
1: (laughs) You're just curious. Well, I just, uh,
0: my thought is like, if someone watching this, who knows Chinese is watching it, they're going to be like, that's not what he said. So I don't know. Yeah. Don't use languages if you don't know what they mean, dude. That's my thing. So,
1: Or maybe they're using them correctly and you just don't know.
0: Well, no, but he does say the same word twice, according mm-hmm. to the transcript, for two different things. But then in the episode, he says, so if nothing else, the transcript is wrong. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Or maybe it means loser, like a losing tile or something.
0: Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I, I guess I'm dying on that hill. I'm just like, don't, don't <laughs> Anyway. Meanwhile, Sin is back at the lottery room looking dour and happy, and you can't blame him because he obviously doesn't want to be there. Nope. But he's there because he ain't got no choice. I mm-hmm. guess it's like, oh, I can come here and die or I cannot go and they're going to kill me. Basically, so, yeah. Yeah. So the three men in suits come in. Carrying the jade vases and the case full of money, and the other dude who's just gonna like give him a tile that's not his and take his eyeballs or his heart or something. Not go mm-hmm. well, probably. And then we're at Oregon Procurement Organization, which I guess is their name. I'm not sure, but it's in downtown San Francisco. So Mulder and Scully arrive and knock on the door, and a nurse who is apparently expecting them because she knows their names is like, oh. Agents Mulder and Scully and opens the door. And Scully thanks her and flashes her badge to verify who she is. And then they start to ask her about Sin, who had an HLA workup. And the nurse says she thinks she knows what might be going on. And Mulder's like, what? And she says they've had a large number of Asian men recently come in for workups. And then when they're able to find compatible recipients for them, they contact the doctor who sent them. But then the doctor tells them the men have left the area. And Mulder asked if she has a name or phone number for this doctor.
1: Ooh, that's so, suspicious. Yeah, yeah,
0: very suspicious.
1: So, in the lottery room, people are throwing their tiles into the jade jar. You know how this works now, right? So they all put their mm-hmm. name tile in, and then a tile is drawn, and the man calls Sin Shuyang, and Sin is shocked, obviously. First of all. It's very unlikely for your name to come up and to come up twice in a row, that seems
0: yeah, I'm very
1: unlikely.
0: Yeah. He wants out. They talk him into coming back and then, oh look, we drew your name. Suspicious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no,
1: it's it's I yeah, I kind of suspect <laughs> the whole game is rigged. <clears throat> we'll see. Meanwhile, Mulder and Scully pulled up at the closed restaurant, and this is where the lottery is held. It's held like on another floor, not the main dining floor. Oh, but they don't know that. So Mulder verifies the address because this is where the doctor's phone is registered. And it's weird that it's registered at a restaurant. Yeah. So they're kind of defeated and they think this must be some kind of dead end. But then they see Chow walk up to the restaurant's entrance and go inside and Mulder realizes it must be the place after all. So they get out.
0: Yeah. Also, eight kinds of dumb, Mr. Doctor, like given the actual address where you're doing this stuff as like the address for your fraudulent like testing stuff, like why would you not just give a fake address? Why would you actually give the actual address where people might go and find out what's going on?
1: I'm guessing maybe it's where the phone is registered. Like the phone is connected.
0: Oh, okay. So it's not the address. Okay. So maybe it's not the address he's given, but he had a phone number and then they looked up where that phone number is registered for. Gotcha.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. That makes a little more sense. Okay. You can't fake that shit. <laughs> right.
1: So,
0: okay. Also, why would you, if you're doing this, why wouldn't you have a burner phone, dude? Come on. I realize yeah. it's the 90s. It but the 90s sure but burner they... phones were still around. If nothing else, if nothing else, just get a phone with a fake name and then it's disposable. Right. You got, a lot of money obviously you're selling organs so
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. not well thought out but okay yeah okay but that doesn't make sense with the address thing because i was like why would you do that why, why, <laughs> why would you do that but okay that makes more sense i did not catch that part that, that okay, they didn't okay. they didn't get the address from her they got the phone no, they got the phone number and they
1: looked up and they sometimes sometimes Mulder and scully are okay doing investigative work
0: yeah yeah okay every all right. so often all right <laughs> good job good job good job writer <laughs> jeffrey vlamming good job
1: <laughs> so inside we see sin is shaking the smaller j jar above his head you know he gives it two really good shakes and then he reaches in and he pulls out a token and he keeps it tight in his fist he won't even look at it
0: dude look at it oh my I god know. they're scamming you look at it
1: oh <sighs> And the suited man basically has to wrench it away from him and like pull it out of his fist. And he reads it aloud and it's clearly not good because the crowd erupts and is like, oh, oh you know, that kind of thing. And Sin tries to run because he obviously doesn't want whatever's going to happen, but he's actually stopped by the people standing behind him. And then we see that Chow is in the crowd watching as Sin is led away.
0: Yeah. And this is where I got a little bit confused with my own notes earlier. This is where the transcript uses the same word for okay. two things. It wasn't, it was, it wasn't gone because he says the transcript says he says Zen for Lee, and then he says gone for sin the first time. The transcript then says he says Zen this time because that would make sense, right? He says right, zen for lee because yeah. lee is tart. He says, except for he doesn't say Zen here. If you listen, he actually says something that sounds like. Summer, like almost like summer with the R dropped off. It's very close to that. He does not say anything close to Zen. Huh. So it's definitely not what he said last time when they pulled the tile for Lee.
1: But it might still any, be very bad.
0: Yeah, I don't know what any of these words mean. Obviously, I don't speak Chinese. But this is not the same word he used in the previous one. And that's what my notes were trying to say. Except I got confused by my own notes because I don't understand Chinese. And I forgot which word was which. So, yeah. <laughs>
1: Hey, Nick, do you, do you speak Chinese?
0: You know what? I don't speak Chinese.
1: <laughs> okay. Just making sure.
0: No. And I'm not going to do like fake Chinese noises just because I don't speak Chinese.
1: No, you should.
0: I for sure. don't speak Chinese. Yeah. So outside the restaurant, Mulder picks a lock and he and Scully head inside. The restaurant itself is dark with chairs up on the table. But then they go through the kitchen, which is also dark. And Mulder says it's not Chinese food he's smelling. And there's a puddle of something on the floor. Mulder touches it and sniffs it and he says it smells like rubbing alcohol and Scully's like or oh, sterile ice because I guess sterile ice smells like rubbing alcohol. I don't know. I also don't know what sterile ice smells like in addition to not speaking Chinese. I don't mean They either. open the <laughs> fridge and possibly freezer. It's like a cooling unit. We don't know if it's a freezer or a freezer and Mulder sees plastic tubs filled with ice holding small containers. So I guess it's a freezer because it's got ice in them and he pulls it out and they put it on table and they open up the tub and inside are little containers and inside the little containers Are jars full of eyeballs.
1: Ew. Oh,
0: no. Yeah. And then elsewhere, the doctor is looking at Sin's intact eyeball to see if he's unconscious, and then he's dragged away.
1: Uh oh. Yeah. Uh oh. So back in the lottery room, Chow tells the man with the glasses who draws the names that he can't let them do this. And the man tells Chow that he's been warned once and there will be no more warnings. And Chow's like, let Sin go. His daughter is dying. So he's killing two people, not one. And the man's like, that's the game. Those are the risks. And Chow is part of it. They paid him to protect the game from foreigners. And Chow looks around and then he yells, this game is over. And he flips the table, which sends the jade vases and tokens crashing all over the floor along with the money. And the jars break and the tokens and money are strewn all over the floor and Chow looks at the tokens that were in the small jar and he realizes all the tokens are the same. <gasps> and he yells that the game is fixed and the crowd explodes. Uh-huh. Yes. You're right. Yes, it is it is very fixed. So basically. Duh. Yeah. Yeah, basically you I don't know if they were even getting that money token in there or if it was
0: if he was doing some sleight of hand action and like I'm dropping but, it in, but I'm not dropping either it either way.
1: All the tokens are the same thing, so whatever organ they need, like unless you happen to pull the money token, if it's in there, it's going to be whatever organ they're looking for. So yeah. yeah also, rigged. when
0: they read the, I mean, like obviously, if you like, okay, I think Sin is the only person who doesn't look at the token, right? Because the other dudes, yes. look, like like Lee, looks at the token. He's pulled. He's pulled the wrong one. So uh-huh. are they doing sleight of hand, or he just get unlucky? lucky? But like with Sin, like. They never show the tokens when like when they pull the names, they don't show the name. He just holds right. it up in his closed fist, is like, whoever. And right. then like when the dude takes the token from Sin, he doesn't show it to people. He's just like, It's this and closes it in his hand, like you don't know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Which is why you should look at the token. Cause at least you have a chance if they're not totally just like doing sleight of hand stuff and not putting the winning one in at all.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: yeah. yeah. Although apparently at some point it must have been a Semi-functioning game because the doctor says he won. Unless that's just a story.
1: Yeah, yeah. Who knows if that really happened yeah. or if that's the legend that they tell to get people to buy in or whatever. Yeah. But yeah.
0: So in the kitchen, Mulder and Scully hear all the noise. And Mulder thinks it's coming from upstairs. So elsewhere we see Sin is on an operating table. And then two men in Scrub stand over him and they're rubbing like some kind of like iodine stuff on him. It's that, that brownie rusty looking liquid stuff. they so probably like iodine. And then Sim kind of opens his eye, and then there's also a frog that's in a jar on the table nearby. It's called ribbit, ribbit, ribbit. So <laughs> they're gonna put a frog in his chest, probably. They're rubbing that stuff on his chest. So they're getting ready to take his heart out. And Mulder and Scully arrive at the lottery room, and it's just sheer chaos there, right? Because people are like, Oh, you ripped us off. Also, there's like two million dollars on the floor, so right be like scrambling for some money.
1: I know me too. Me too.
0: Yeah, total chaos. And people are surrounding the men and yelling at them, and the fact that they're not already dead is probably amazing. So, yeah
1: mm-hmm
0: and sin who we saw he opened his eyes and was apparently not completely unconscious so that operation is gonna suck when they take his heart out he sees his daughter looking down at him from above and of course it's a hallucination right and he's all mm-hmm. forgive me but of course it's the doctor and he says they forgive you and he's holding the scalpel so he's just gonna like just open up Sin's chest. you know he knows sin is awake and he's like i'm just gonna take your heart out anyway too bad sorry dude yeah and then sin closes his eyes but then chow bursts in and the doctor's like, it's too late. I mean, it's technically not because they haven't taken his heart out yet. But the Chow has his gun out and he tells him to step away and he tells Chow not to be a fool. And then Chow shoots him poof, in the shoulder. And Mulder and Scully rush in behind Chow and Mulder tells Chow to put his hands up in the air. And so he does. And then Scully trains her gun on the other man in scrubs and she checks Sin's pulse and he's still alive. I mean, we know, he's still alive because he was just talking. So, yeah, but he's still alive. Phew, that's lucky. The doctor was just going to cut him open while he was awake, dude.
1: (laughs) Well, the anesthesia was clearly having some effect, but probably not. He he was talking.
0: He was talking. You're not going to cut someone's heart out while they're talking. I mean, I guess you are. I mean,
1: apparently he's, I don't, I don't think he's a very nice person. I don't think he cares that much, to be honest, but.
0: Like the dude's going to scream. I'm sorry. Yeah.
1: So Mulder turns Chow around and cuffs him. And the doctor he shot looks up at Chow and he tells him, you should have killed me. And Mulder demands to know what he said. And Chow's like he said the game's not over.
0: Yeah, because the doctor obviously spoke in Chinese.
1: Yeah, and yeah,
0: Yeah. we didn't get subtitle on this one, right? He just says something and then
1: yeah, and then Chow says, "Oh no, we
0: do because he says you should have killed me." actually we do actually see that, right? Yeah, so
1: I think so. And then Mulder demands to know what he said, and Chow says, "He said the game's not over."
0: Yeah, sometimes I speak in English, sometimes I speak in Chinese, sometimes there's subtitles, sometimes there's not. And then we had a transcript we were looking at for the stuff that wasn't subtitled. So I'm, I get confused about what was what I've been a,
1: Totally. Yeah. It's
0: been a, been over. We were going to record this last week and we didn't and so yeah. I have forgotten a little bit. I admit.
1: Well, so. yeah, we, and that was my fault because my cat had to go to the ER fit. And so I was not, fine, but he's better now. Uh... He was,
0: he had, you know, he had things the same, but I think he's taking a nap now. So yeah,
1: I think he actually, I plugged in his heater bed and now he's hanging out on there and he's sleeping. So he's happy. But yeah, he's doing a lot better, but he was not well last weekend. And I was too much of a wreck to record. So now we're recording this weekend. It's been a while. We're both trying to remember what the heck happened.
0: That's right.
1: So in an interrogation room, the doctor, who is the hard faced man, the guy who was operating on all these men and taking out their hearts, that guy, he tells Scully that people live with the ghosts of their father and their father's fathers. They call to them and show them the path. And Scully's like, no ghost called to these men. You did by preying on their hopelessness and desperation. And the doctor agrees they were desperate just as he was when he first came to this country, but he committed no crime. And Scully's like, you cheated them out of life by promising them prosperity when the only possible reward was death. And the doctor says death is nothing to be feared, but life without hope is hell. Hope was his gift to these men. He wouldn't expect scully to understand and scully's like well i understand you're going to prison for a very long time and he just kind of stares at her and Mulder opens the door and he asks if he can speak with scully for a minute and the hard-faced man just sits there not looking concerned at all yeah so in the hall Mulder tells scully that he just got back from saint francis and sin is still in intensive care and scully asks about his daughter Mulder checked with the Organ Procurement Association, and she's been put on the recipient list. And they reach Neary, who looks unhappy. And Scully asks, what's wrong? And Neary says that they interviewed all the people they found at the restaurant last night. And Mulder continues that they've put up a wall of silence, so clearly they haven't gotten much from them. They all claim to be members of a social club and say they saw nothing. So clearly the men still have some kind of power over them because they're still afraid to speak up. And Scully asks about Chow. Surely his testimony would be enough to lock this guy up. But Neary says they can't find him. And Mulder's like, well, he was supposed to testify before a grand jury this morning. When he didn't show, they went to his home and he'd vanished like a ghost. <gasps>
0: um, uh, this is like the next day, I think. A grand jury already? That's um, rather quick. It is very quick, yes. Yeah. Wow. Man. Wow. Back at the funeral home, the light is on the cremation chamber. Hmm. Oh, not good. Chow is lying on the metal slab inside and he opens his eyes and then he realizes where he's at and he looks to the side and the fire turns on and engulfs the space. And then we see the character for Ghost is written overhead and it's over. That's the end. Bye. Ooh. Yeah, and,
1: that's the end. Yeah. Oh, well, nightmares. For it, weeks. it
0: seems like. I don't know because the way it's cut, we don't actually get that because he opens his eyes and when he opens his eyes, he's looking straight ahead. Right. He's like looking up like you would be if you were laying down. Right. And then he kind of like looks for a second and then he turns to the side and we cut to him looking at the side. So we see his eyes again and the flames come on between the camera and his face. Right. And then we get the scene of the ghost. Character written, which we assume is overhead. So it's I'm I'm guessing he saw it, right? Like he opened his eyes and he saw the character written there, and then turned to the side, and then the fire came on. But we don't actually the way it's cut, we don't assume that he saw it. I mean, I guess I guess I assume he saw it, but we don't know for sure that he saw it. It's Mm -hmm. just it's in there. So yep, I would have maybe cut that scene a little bit different, but that's me.
1: So, Chris Carter apparently came up with the idea of a pyramid scheme for body parts, which helped inspire this episode. So, I can definitely see that. Okay. Um, this is less of a pyramid. Well, it is kind of a pyramid scheme. They're all paying in. And
0: yeah, I, I mean, did have a que- I had forgot about that when the doctor was talking to him and he says he didn't get his payment. I had forgot because I did have a question that we had talked about before the episode that we were going to talk about later about because we never see them giving money to be in, we just see them putting their tiles in. But apparently, they are paying for the right to have their organs removed. So, that's cool. yeah,
1: Oof. yeah, it's more of a really screwed up lottery than a pyramid scheme. But still, it's yeah, yeah the system is also cool.
0: interesting that Chris Carter. I think this is this. I think this happened in one other one we talked about. I don't remember which one it was, where Chris Carter had the idea, but someone else wrote the episode.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So they are getting a little bit of writer roomy action now. Yeah,
1: they do so. a little, and there are like there are some episodes coming up too where there were writers of the episode but then other people influencing the story and making notes and doctoring the script After we have a couple
0: of episodes coming up i think they have like four writers and stuff too i think at one point Mm -hmm. so yeah um, three or four so yeah
1: and this episode required some re-recording of dialogue because as we mentioned sin is played by michael yama who is a japanese man so he doesn't speak chinese in any way um, not that Japanese men can't speak Chinese, but he just doesn't happen to speak Chinese. Yeah. We Lucy- mentioned that
0: he was Japanese. We didn't mention his name previously, but that's true.
1: Yeah. Yes, yeah. but yeah, he's played by a Japanese. Yeah, he's played by yes. What you said. <laughs> <laughs> and Lucy Liu is Chinese, but she speaks the Mandarin dialect, not Cantonese. So both of them had to re-record their Cantonese dialogue with the help of a vocal coach to get it to sound correct. Yeah. So that apparently took some work.
0: Yeah, And in case you guys didn't know, I don't speak Chinese, and so I, I did not say Cantonese a lot of the time when we were doing the summer. I just said Chinese. Tori, who did some research and knew all this ahead of time, she would say Cantonese, where I would just say Chinese. So that's why.
1: Yeah, well, because they I did, did use different. Cantonese in the writing, so I don't know who wrote the Cantonese dialogue, but I'm assuming someone who knew it. Um, because they had this vocal coach, so yeah. But that was what they were. Using.
0: I meant to was I don't think they're credited, but I was wondering because when we were watching Colcheck, there's a guest star who I remembered from the Munsters a long time ago, and it turned out he became like the preeminent voice coach for people like doing like languages and stuff. And I wonder if that's who they used. Um, I know there's more than one voice coach and they may have actually oh, got a, sure. like, a Chinese speaking yeah. voice coach, but he did do a lot of that kind of stuff and was like super prolific. So I was going to look that up and I forgot.
1: Yeah.
0: Anyway, I forget what his name is right now because I'm garbage. So. Oh,
1: well, that's okay. Yeah. And then Vancouver's Chinatown stood in for San Francisco's Chinatown while they were filming because they did not want to go film in San Francisco.
0: Also, it stood in for Hong Kong during, were they in, were they in Hong Kong in Piper Maru? Was that just an for I forget.
1: I think they get there at the end, but I don't remember. I don't okay. Remember yeah. But whenever, that, yeah,
0: whenever you hang out with Jerry, they're in Hong Kong, but that also uh-huh. was Vancouver's Chinatown.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which I hear is very cool. I've been to Vancouver. I don't think I went to their Chinatown, so I'll have to do that sometime. It
0: is the biggest Chinatown in Canada. So. Yeah. Nice. But it's not as big as like. San Francisco or New York? Yeah, San
1: Francisco's Chinatown is huge. It's great though. It's really fun. There's a lot of really apparently New York's is the
0: largest though, surprisingly. At least according to the at least according to the thing I was looking at. So yeah, even though you always hear about San Francisco's Chinatown. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I can see why we you were talking about like how X Files loves their like man names right, and they call him the Hard (laughs) (laughs) Face Man instead of the (laughs) Doctor because he is like. He could have been the cigarette smoking man in that scene.
1: He oh, one hundred percent. Playing
0: it so like you're almost like, dude, this dude's channeling William B. Davis. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was, it was amazing to watch. It was so good to see him do that. Yeah, he was, just, he was total. Like he was like, yeah, whatever, lady, I don't care. Like, yeah, he knows he's not gonna go to prison. He's he's fine.
1: Yeah, no, so, he was really good.
0: He was really good because he is smoking in that whole scene, and so yeah. yeah, yeah. He has all those dramatic pauses and takes the drags and just like. Yeah, it was amazing.
1: Yeah, he could be part of the syndicate. He'd probably be better at it than the cigarette smoking (laughs) man. Actually, he seems a little harder. So well, I mean, he obviously he's been acting
0: since 1954, right? This is like William B. Davis's like this is his first acting, right? Well, I don't even just mean the
1: actor, I just mean the character. Seemed a little more hard-assed and could be a little more Yeah, no, it was
0: amazing (laughs) to watch. I was like, Whoa, it totally could have been. (laughs) Yeah. That was pretty good that was all I think that actually might have been the best part of the whole episode honestly with that scene <laughs> with him that was amazing not, yeah, it was... Was, not, not that this episode was bad like I like it was like the whole language thing was a little bit weird and I probably went on it way more than I needed to but it just it's one of those things where like you know people we're, who are
1: white you, people and it was white written people. by white people well, and, and also we, we know, know there are obviously right? going to be
0: weird things and, like the whole like uh, I was already set up by like the whole like we could get, get a Japanese dude playing a Chinese man and then you're I'm pretty sure you're using Japanese masks for this Chinese syndicate. So, but yeah. And so I was already set off by that. We recently watched a Scooby-Doo episode that was really bad about Chinatown. I know. And so I was already primed for that. And so I probably went on way longer than I need to about it. But I mean, it's not a bad episode, but this was definitely probably the best scene in the whole episode. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was
1: amazing. It was. It was. Yeah.
0: And I honestly don't really have anything else to say about the episode. Surprisingly, I think I said everything during the episode.
1: Yeah, um, that needed to be said. No, same. I mean, again, like like I said, absolutely horrifying nightmare fuel for me. This definitely kept me up after I watched it. Actually, I couldn't sleep that night so i mean this it really does like hit that button for me it's terrifying and i can see why i clearly blocked it out of my memory and never thought of it again and now it has been dredged up and i now have it in my head yay but otherwise i think it's a solid episode it makes sense like again it's not an x-file right like it they kind of come into it thinking it might be supernatural in some way and it's not it's just a bunch of people Screwing people out of their organs and giving them hope that they might win enough money to live the American dream, which is a total joke now, unless you have a ton of money. Yeah, I so, do wonder,
0: though, and this may be related to why the people didn't want to talk, because we get this in the beginning, but we never get it again later at all. But Seattle, Los Angeles, Boston, yeah, the same thing is yeah. happening. So, like, it's obviously not done because they shut this one down.
1: Yeah, well, and this one might not stay shut down either. No, it's probably, gonna deserted, like, of... you, it's probably
0: going to be probably whackable, right? Like, oh, we're not using yeah. that location anymore. As far as we know, the doctor is the only person that got. I mean, I'm. I'm. The other people were there, so I'm guessing they took the other dudes into custody. The other dudes in suits, but we don't know that because we only see Scully talking to the
1: yeah. The well, man, and clearly, the if so, they don't have a case against the guy who had a scalpel over the other dude, they're not going to have a case over these guys who were in the room. You know. That's so. I guess that's
0: true. Yeah, because no one's talking. That's right. Yeah. So they had to let him go. Also, we don't know who the dudes in the masks were. Were they the three? Were they also the three guys?
1: I'm assuming. I'm assuming that's them.
0: The, a couple of those dudes were old and didn't seem like they'd be people who would kill you and throw you in an oven.
1: Maybe they're just there. Maybe just those three enforcers. dudes in masks. Yeah, yeah the enforcers. But I and mean, we clearly don't get a real picture for exactly how this lottery functions. Right? How many people have won? Has it happened any time recently? Is that providing actual hope because people, they've seen someone win in the last well, year also, or so? Well, also, even if they
0: have seen someone win, like, do we know that's not a ringer? Do we know that's not a setup? Of right, someone I who, mean, we
1: don't. We don't.
0: Who is inside and just playing like they're, you know, low level kind of.
1: Yeah. yeah, so we just don't really know how it works, but it is legitimately terrifying. And not just the cremation chambers, but just like, the idea of being so desperate for money that you would buy into this in the first place. And having been incredibly poor a couple of times in my life, I mean, I, I don't know that I've ever been that desperate, but I've, I can definitely see why people would be, and I can definitely, you know, you've got this, Ooh, maybe I can win. Like, I mean, I would just buy a lot of tickets. Yeah. Well, not even
0: just the poverty (laughs) coming, like obviously like, you know, they're immigrants. I would say they're immigrants. We don't necessarily get that with sin and Kim, but like Johnny Lowe was still like in the process, right. Of doing his immigration stuff. And right. so we assume like a lot of them are like, you know, not that anyone should be illegal. People aren't illegal, but you know, they're not here.
1: It might with- be harder for them to find legitimate work or well-paying yeah. work. It might be harder for them to pay rent you know, or find you know, find well pay rent for sure, but like find a place to live, that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, it's just there's so many layers, and we don't know what everyone's backstory was. We got Sin's backstory, which is his daughter doesn't have insurance and doesn't have health care, and needs this expensive surgery and they to not have die. Obviously,
0: only lived here for three years. Right, we don't know so. what we don't know what their status is as far as citizenship, immigration, right. that kind of thing. But which, either I mean, way, his I'm, job I'm is like, like Borders are stupid. Borders are made up. They're fake people should be able to live where they want to live but
1: yeah but i mean yeah. it's i can definitely see why someone in some of those positions would be desperate enough to buy into this because mm-hmm.
0: well you don't you know, have you, any you other know if you means. were an immigrant i mean i'm sure there are people well, that's
1: what i mean yeah. yeah you don't have to be an immigrant to be desperate there are people no. who need health care there are people who are going to lose their houses there are people in all kinds of financial troubles for yeah. things that are not their own fault i mean and this is this no is
0: chinatown so we're focusing on chinese people But, I mean, there's no reason why there isn't something similar in, like, a white neighborhood or a black neighborhood or, you know, so.
1: I mean, obviously, these people are marginalized. That makes it harder. I mean, there's just so many layers. But, yeah, it's definitely, it's terrifying because, you know, you can picture people who would be that desperate and then to Mm -hmm. be in a situation where you're drawing a tile and they might just remove your kidney or they might, like, tear out your heart and then you're dead. Or you might somehow win $2 million. I mean, it's very, like.
0: Yeah, dystopian it's the, almost. It's the, the two-factor like verification problem that I have a thing with like like you can win, but then winning might actually be losing. So like
1: who, who know about that, man. Yeah. I mean, oh, it's terrifying. Yeah. The whole thing is just woof. So I mean I think the episode's good. It's well done. It's intriguing. The whole time I was like, what's going on? What's happening? What's and then the reveal that the whole thing is indeed just like totally rigged. Like we could guess that maybe it was, but like it just absolutely is totally yeah. rigged. It was good. I mean, I
0: think we're naturally suspicious of that kind of stuff, but yeah.
1: Yeah, of course. But yeah, I think this episode is a seven. Okay. But I'm All never right. watching it again because it terrifies me. So okay. if it's ever on a yeah, marathon, I'm turning it off.
0: Like, I mean, yeah, it's not like I'm immune to fire. Fire does not bother me as much as water bothers me. Like I gotcha. am like Bruce Willis and Unbreakable. Like nope, not water. No, no, no. So yeah, I am way more. There, there are layers. You're of gonna my have water fun fear. with
1: Quagmire then. So,
0: that's the Loch Ness Monster one, right?
1: Yeah, it is.
0: Okay, cool. I mean, I'm I'm all for. Let's get to some Loch Ness. I'm assuming it's not going to be what I'm thinking it is, but I'm about. Yeah, I'm old school. So yeah, Bigfoots, Loch Ness monsters chupacabras give me some of that stuff so I think I'm gonna go with a 7 too
1: okay
0: yeah I mean almost I mean aside from the whole like again Chinese language stuff and how there's obviously some mismatching stuff going on and whether a lot of that is just me not understanding I think there's also them not understanding as well on some of the smaller bits but I almost would be maybe leaning towards an 8 but I think I'm gonna go with a 7 so 7 seems about right yeah
1: Yeah, I mean, it was definitely good. It's not my favorite thing, but like it definitely works. It's a solid episode. Again, not an X-File, which I'm always just amused whenever they end up in a case that's not an (laughs) X-File. But it's still shady as crap. I had big
0: struggles with grotesque as far as seven and eight. And this one, I think I'm in that same kind of boat. I'm not going to angst about it in the episode. I'm going to go with a seven and then I may or may not adjust it later. We'll see. Okay. So
1: cool I woman. did
0: spoiler I did end up going with an eight for grotesque so
1: oh okay cool
0: yeah I ended the episode I had said seven I went to eight I went back to seven and then afterwards I went back to eight so
1: <laughs> a little waffling
0: this one this one may go up to we'll see I don't know and I'm getting to where i'm I'm closing in on you for the for the um average on these if I go up to eight that's gonna put me above you again and this is gonna be interesting <laughs> this is gonna be an interesting season.
1: Yeah, I may adjust yeah. some of my ratings too because I feel like maybe I love all grotesque and possibly revelations. I don't know. Six seems it feels right, but they maybe should be bumped up to seven. I don't know. Well, I think I you were talking about
0: dropping the couple too, maybe again. Yeah. So, so we'll, yeah. See. We'll, we'll see. We'll
1: see. We'll see how that shakes out at the end of the season. But
0: okay. All right. You know what? Actually, boom! I'm 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 gonna do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go with an eight. I'm just gonna change it okay. right now. I'm gonna go with okay. an eight. Yeah. No, like I said, there was nothing in this, like everything, everything seemed to, I mean, we had some little critique things, but I mean, you can't put everything in the episode when you do. I hate it. Like Darren Morgan tries to stick everything in an episode and I hate it. Although that's not plot wise. That's just him putting all the things he loves in an episode. So yeah. Speaking of which next episode, Darren Morgan.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. It's Jose yeah. Chung's from outer space. I'm so, excited. I'm so excited. I haven't
0: watched it yet. So I'm until- excited i love so we'll it we'll see like i said i I always want to like them i do i, I don't go I into any episode wanting to not like it
1: oh so, i know i know you don't yeah. and i think that one you may really like i think you just have to like watch it for what it is and not be like on your tender hooks like waiting for darren morgan to slap you in the face well with things. again I think be right fine if you my just, highest yeah. rated
0: episode this season is clyde Bruckman, which is a darren uh-huh. morgan episode So it's not like I'm automatically going in biased because Darren Morgan episode. Oh, I know. I'm I'm going in nervous that it's a Darren Morgan episode. I know. I know. But yes.
1: Yeah, (laughs) we'll see. I'm curious to see how you feel about it because I, yeah, I know how I feel about it. it, And it is his
0: last X-Files episode until the revival in 2016. So, yeah, he does do two millennium episodes, though, in 98, I think. The second season of Millennium, he does two episodes, oh, okay. which he also directs in addition to writing. So uh-huh. those are his directorial debuts, as far as I know.
1: Lots of lots of Darren Morgan action coming. Yeah,
0: up so again, who trepidation? <laughs> trepidation.
1: So. See, the only Darren Morgan episode I haven't loved has been War of the Copper Phages. So I feel like I'm on solid ground with him, but it okay. just depends.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like I
1: said, yeah, we'll, we'll see. see. We'll see.
0: I don't. I don't want to hate. I would rather not. I don't. I don't hate. I dislike. I
1: don't hate. Right. Do exactly. Yeah. Hate is pretty strong. Yeah. Right. There are very
0: few things I hate. So yes. Yeah. All right. Hell money. We'll
1: find out. Yeah. So that was hell money. I'm going to try and lock this away and never think about it again, except for our season three wrap up, in which I'm going to have to think about it again. But mm-hmm. otherwise. <laughs>
0: I mean, you could not. You could just, I mean, every once in a while, you just like, you got nothing to say about it. True. Episode. I we probably won't us. have
1: anything to say for this one unless something comes up or I read something or see something. You learn cool. Chinese. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen in the next couple of weeks. I doubt like, my calendar's a little well, too actually, busy Well, actually,
0: Nick, that. I learned Chinese in the <laughs> interim and I need to tell you some things. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, if I were truly dedicated, I would. <laughs> but
0: unfortunately, I have
1: a job <laughs> and other stuff. <laughs>
0: X-Files is your job. This podcast is your job. It just pays really poorly. So, yes. Oh, dear. Anyway, thanks. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.
1: Oh, dear. I Want to Rewatch is hosted by Tori and Nick and recorded at Black Cat Studios.
0: That's right. We made this. And be sure to join us next time as we rewatch the X-Files Season 3, Episode 20, Jose Chung's From Outer Space.
1: And try to figure out if If the the truth truth is is still still out out there.
0: The truth is what we
1: make of it. you go okay
0: <laughs> we talked for three hours about one episode and a bunch i of know stuff,
1: so. i'm glad we didn't try to do today oh, it
0: worked out. well i think if we knew we were gonna do it we probably would have been a little bit tighter i think yeah probably, well probably, i probably it's it's probably like the reverse of what happened with jeff and i doing die hard right it's like with that you know we, you've we got on, a re- time, on a schedule so. so things were all uh, here we knew we weren't so it was like lucy i was fucking rambly as shit in this episode I may be well, and something. also
1: Locke, be, was, the cats were fighting, and Locke was whining, and so that was you know just stuff. Yeah,
0: I mean Locke's going to stay in because we embraced it, and then oh yeah, up. that's totally soon as we fine. Said, I don't care. Soon as we let him be in the podcast, he's like fucking quiet.
1: I know now he's like okay, I've had my treat, and I'm going to go sit on my little hot pad and just sleep. He like, just wanted,
0: he just wanted, he little, he just wanted the name recognition in the podcast. That's he it. Like, he's trying done. to
1: get those fifteen minutes of fame. Yeah,
0: we'll see. Well, we'll see, Locke. Maybe I will cut you out. We'll see if that It'll works. works. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, enjoy your rest of Sunday. Um, Yeah. I guess you, yeah, you don't have any like holidays or anything coming up. Are you working all week?
1: Yeah, I'm working all week. I do have an eye appointment tomorrow, so I have to duck out for that. And just, Mm -hmm. I'm getting new glasses. Yay. Mine are very old. And so I really need to replace my prescription. Wow, new glasses,
0: new computer. You're going to have a good computer. You're going to be able to see good. (laughs) You're
1: (laughs) going to be able to see and read words.
0: Yeah, That's all right. I'm, expect- I'm expecting big things for the podcast moving forward. All right
1: now that I have a computer that doesn't you die have a com- after ten you know, minutes, a computer that and- doesn't
0: die, and you're gonna be able to read. All right, cool.
1: Yeah, it should be a lot better. All
0: right. <laughs> anyway, all right. I've got to find Zoom so I can let you go. I mean, you could just leave and then. <laughs> Talk to myself I guess while, I left. guess
1: I could. I've never. good yeah. I would I probably hear a little that, ding dong but... when
0: you went out, but yeah. <laughs> Tori, are you there? Are you there?
1: <laughs> nope, I, I abandoned. I no, you ship. left
0: because you full. Shut up, Nick. Bye. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See ya.
1: Yeah. Have a good day.
0: All right.